Well, hello, White Sox fans. You were just treated to a wonderful, wonderful game in uh, Toronto. And uh, welcome to another wonderful, positive episode of White Sox Daily Live. My name is mm-hmm. Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, Danny Miller. How are you doing, Danny? I don't know. I'm not even sure if you really want me to answer that question, if you want to keep this show positive but uh i'll just go ahead and say that uh i've seen better days i'll leave it at that for the moment (laughs) yeah um now uh for uh those of you who uh just watch the game you don't need to uh listen to this but uh for those of you who are listening on the podcast edition uh, Craig Kimbrell just uh, managed to uh, wild pitch his way to a uh, to a loss, and uh, yeah, just White one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, two. Not just what, one wild pitch. Was it just one wild pitch? Because he threw. Well, I guess. Yeah, fair. Well, yeah. I don't know if one's a, a swinging strike. You know, whatever the yeah. ass ball, whatever you want to call it. It runners advancing all over the field, regardless, all over the place for <laughs> no apparent reason other than sloppy baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it not scored more than one wild pitch, but uh, that final inning was a joke. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And uh, again, we are treated to a another uh, instance of watching the uh, White Sox Offensive juggernaut put up uh, one run, and uh, mm. yeah, yeah. So this is uh, yeah. one run in the last two games. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I noted before we went on that uh, over the last three games we uh, have lost nineteen to five, and we are zero and three. So shocker. Yeah, if you score mm. zero or one runs. Um, you don't win, and uh, generally, yeah. generally speaking, of course. And uh, let's see what uh, Kendall's going off in here. So uh, this team is dead. TLR puts two lefties in the bottom of the ninth versus Romano. Yeah, they both K. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, I was talking to yeah. uh, Senor <laughs> Danny here. Um, that last pitch was a really nice pitch, and. Zach Collins can slam his bat all he wants, but it was a wonderful pitch, and you can't always walk. Sometimes you have to actually hit the baseball, and, um, yeah. Protecting when he's got two strikes is not a forte. Uh, You know, a lot of people have been talking about it all over social media the last few weeks. We all know Sebi Zavala struggled mightily in the beginning of his call-up at the dish. Um. but uh, everybody was impressed with his uh, defensive abilities. Now that Sebi has been swinging the bat a little bit better, uh, there was a time period there where he was swinging it fairly well. Uh, he seemed to have kind of tapered off slightly here a little bit, but uh, I got to tell you, when Yasmani comes back, there's no doubt in my mind at this particular moment that the guy that should be playing back up, playing number two fiddle here to... Uh, to uh, Yasmani has got to be uh, Sebi because let, let's be honest, Zach 
He can't get that thing off his shoulder. And when he does, he's not doing a whole lot with it. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I, I, as far as the Sebi thing goes, I mean, yeah, he's had a, he's had a couple of hits here and there and, uh, he's, he's been all right, but, um, I mean, not, let's not act like he's been any great shakes either, you know? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that uh, Zach hasn't shown me anything. No. Zero. No, he hasn't. You know, and and I will be the first to admit that, uh, you know, going back to last year when I felt like maybe he and a few other guys weren't getting the opportunities that they deserved and maybe we should give these guys a little bit more time. Uh, I'm at the point now where I've seen enough. Uh, he's had his chances. He's had his time. He's not doing anything. Sebi's not doing a whole lot more, but he's doing something. Uh, but defensively he is uh head and shoulders above Zach. So, uh, you know, and that doesn't really say much about with the, how the white Sox are losing right now. Uh, these past four games, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of it is a testament to how, you know, the role that Tim Anderson plays on this team. And we'll get more into that a little bit later, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm sorry, but uh, my patience and my want to give Zach Collins more time has not only worn thin, but it's just kind of worn out. And, uh, you know, we get that other guy back. Hopefully we get the guy that was swinging the bat before he went down with this injury. And, uh, you know, we get Sebi Zavala back in about, that's my two cents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, me personally, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, Sebi's main calling card is his defense. And, uh, as Kendall mentions in the chat that, uh, those two balls got got by him. And, uh, that second one, I mean, that thing was what it was like, uh, <laughs> three feet outside. So, I mean, that's pretty much a wild pitch for anybody. I don't think any catcher stopping that. Well, um, true. And, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, like I'm kind of to the point, um, you know, and I, I know that this might sound insane, but I'm kind of almost ready for, uh, your mean to even come back up because these black holes in the lineup are, uh, when, when the team is struggling, like they have been for the last couple, I mean, we keep on talking about it and I, you know, like we look at the record and the record is okay, but you know, again, we we talk about this, and we know that uh, you know. I, I went back and looked at the uh, last, I don't know, last since the All Star break or whatever, and uh, basically, if the White Sox score five runs, they don't lose, more or less. And uh, the unfortunate thing is that we hardly ever see that. Uh, <laughs> well, Lately, you know, anyway. yeah, there was a, uh, there was a couple of games there that it looked like, uh, you know, you and I talked about this, uh, more than once on the stream and, uh, you know, they, uh, they seem to score eight, 10, 12, 15 runs, and then they go silent for the next three or four games. And unfortunately that didn't seem to change. I thought, you know, there was a couple of games there just in this past week where we were scoring, five to six consistently and you kind of thought well maybe they finally you know level it out a little bit and the bats were going to come around and then you know we face a, a hot race team that uh was pushing you know or i shouldn't say pushing but was ahead of the white Sox and in, in playoff standings in the american league um 
you know, and now we're over here doing this thing with the Blue Jays where we're just not swinging the bat at all. And it's unfortunate, but uh, it is what it is. And I'm kind of with you on the the, uh, the Mercedes thing. You know, a lot of people will say, well, his defense is non-existent, but, uh, you know, some of these guys, let's be honest, you know, Sebi's been pretty good defensively. And he, you know, as our own Donuts 33, Mr. Mark Orr of White Sox Daily, uh, says that he also he has more home runs in only 70 at bats at this point. So, you know, I'll give him that. I, I, I agree with him there. Uh, there's definitely some power in that bat. But Mercedes, you know, even if he's only hitting 260, 270, as opposed to, you know, 563, like we had, we saw, you know, in the first few weeks of the season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's probably, probably uh, not that far of a, a long shot to uh, surpass what we're getting out of uh, Collins and Sebi offensively at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I don't at least, know. at least I feel like, uh, you, there's there's the possibility of getting a hit something sometimes anything you know it's like I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like when uh when Sebi gets a hit or when Zach gets a hit I feel like I like I won bingo you know because it's like the the odds of that happening are just uh pretty awful uh, let's yeah. take a look here in the chat. We got uh, one run in their last 19 innings. Team manager need to wake up. Yeah. Collins and Lamb shouldn't have been up. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Losers are the last four of five. Yeah. Could have easily lost that first game. Yeah. That's 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 for sure. Yeah. I that uh, that Bichette bat uh, at bat was really ugly. Um, and another thing is not only did he. He ran to first base twice on a strikeout, both times when there was somebody at first. So he, like, he can run to first as much as he wants, but it really doesn't matter. And like, that's since little. Not when first know. is occupied. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what he was doing or why they even bothered throwing it down. But you know, whatever. I'm sure that Sebi was probably rattled after watching the ball fling by him twice. Um, yeah, and then uh, record since the break. I mean, they're just uh, – I don't remember what it is, but uh, at this point it's got to be sub-500, I would think, because uh, I think when we talked about it last week, I think it was 14-14, and 14, and then they've uh, managed to, uh, what, lose uh, – what is it? Like, like you said, five four out of the last – something. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds yeah, about right. Uh, Bo- Bozy points out that we're just jaded because we have two backup catchers getting starts, and with Yas coming back, that it's not going to make that much of a difference. Uh, you know, which I have to agree with. However, you know, like this is something that you have to think about. Um, he swung the bat and went on the DL or the I, sorry the IL uh, for you know a month. And had to have surgery on his knee. So, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just saying everybody says he's healthy, whatever, you know, like healthy, how about healthy ish um, due to having surgery on his knee. But I mean, you don't know what you're going to get out of him now because he's coming back from a surgery. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be, uh, we, keep it positive. 
but yeah, I'm good, trying. Good to- luck. We're we're gonna be here for almost two hours, two yeah. hours more, like we you know, like we normally do here on a Monday night. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm trying to keep I'm it just positive say, for a we'll little keep bit. It positive at least. for at a least few for minutes. A little bit. Yeah, um, I can't promise that I'll bite my tongue for two hours, bud. You know, okay, um, well, I, yeah, no, I, I don't <laughs> expect you to. And uh, the, realistically, it's not possible after having watched uh, the corpse ball that's been played for the last, you know, realistically the last two months. But, um, you know, I, like I said, you don't know what's going to happen. It could be that Grandal is fine. And uh, we know that uh, he said that. His knee does not impact his squatting, so he's fine for catching. What it does impact, though, is running, which is a problem because in baseball you do run. Uh, well, he's never been much of a runner at all, though, let's be honest. True, and so with that being the case. You know, he's who, even worse. <laughs> who, yeah, ex- exactly what I'm saying is that, you know, who knows if his, you know, he could be running around first after hitting a double and his leg falls off, you know? Like, I have no idea, you know? And uh, I mean, I'm going to have possible. to go ahead. So, I'm going to have so, to go ahead and agree with Bozy here in the chat, you know? He says, uh, nothing guaranteed, but Yaz <laughs> with whatever is better on paper than Collins and Zavala. Not Offensively, if he's only got one leg, though. If he only right. has one you know? leg, I'm willing I'm willing to uh you know say that Collins or Sebi would be better if he's only got one leg. However, if you know say okay, say this, all right? You've got uh Sebi comes back, everything's uh everything's hunky-dory, you know, they finally start playing 600 ball and looking like a baseball team again. And uh, you get to the last week of the season, and his knee his knee goes out, or he gets a bunch of swelling in his knee, and he needs to sit for, you know, ten days and go on the IL again. If that happens, then you're back to Sebi and Collins again. Are you really going to go through with keeping those two dopes as your two main catchers? You know what I'm saying? I like I don't. Oh, that's why TLR talked. And he talked, he, he personally reached out to your mean to stop his imminent retirement. <laughs> from well, I wonder if he, I wonder if he messaged uh, him after the last one where he put a Japanese flag on his Instagram with a, with a thinking uh, emoji. Hey, you look, the, the kid might be troubled, but he can swing a bat. You I, know, we've I'm talked about this numerous times. So we, let's, uh, let's not throw all our, uh, all our, our our hopes and dreams out the window just yet, you know. We can uh, we we can hang our hat on knowing that it might not just be Sevy and Zach as our only options if Yaz doesn't come back. Now, do we, we know Carlos that this uh, is possible? You know, from uh, yeah, there from you the go. Barons? I mean, there are there are other options. I'm just I, I'm just saying, you know, like the the two guys that we have. You know, Collins and Sebi right now at this point, you know, like, I mean, you see what what we're looking at offensively is that Sebi, when he does hit the ball, he does generally hit it pretty hard. However, the problem is, is that he only hits the ball, you know, two out of ten times. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, old Ron Karkovice. Oof. Yeah, Romy Gonzalez 
I, you know what? I'm I'm wearing my uh, my Charlotte Knights hat uh, tonight in honor of uh, my homie Romy and uh, hey, 2020 baby. Yeah, so he became uh, not the year, not the, not not, the year yeah. 20. Yeah, uh, Romy Gonzalez became the first uh, 2020 player, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases in uh, Birmingham since the year 2000 when Aaron Rowan did it. And uh, upon doing that, promptly got promoted up to Charlotte and started his first game on Saturday. Uh, Hit, uh, I think he went two for, I believe, two for four. Got two hits. I think he got out twice. Uh, So it'd be two for four uh, with two home runs. Uh, First one was a two-run home run, and the second one was a walk-off three-run home run. And on Sunday, he uh, just screwed around a little bit and uh, went four for five with a single and three doubles. And uh, he's got a 2.333 OPS. Um, He's looking all right. Um, Now, to Kendall's point, I don't – I'd be very surprised if he came up this early, but, uh, well, you know, speaking of, I mean, in the, the fact that he just got promoted to yeah. uh triple a, but stranger things so. have happened, you know, I mean, uh, well, you know, this is knows? the time to maybe take some of those chances, uh, because, you know, if we've been led to believe anything is that the socks are going all in this year, uh, or at least what, you know, what people will have you believe, uh, is it possible? Maybe. Uh, I don't think it's likely, but yeah, uh, it's possible. It. But, uh, um, you know, the other thing, let's just go. I'm going to go on another thing here that Kendall had to say later on in the chat was that, you know, none of this stuff matters. We're talking about Sebi Zavala and Zach Collins and, and Mercedes and Carlos Perez and all these guys that we've got that, you know, are catchers in the organization that, you know, we don't know if they're going to produce or when they're going to produce, if they're ever going to produce uh, offensively. Uh, but the, the, the real thing is, is he's right. None of this stuff matters if the rest of the guys in the order are doing what they're supposed to do. You know, we've got the, the storied Jose Abreu, the, the, you know, the grizzly vet who has been, you know, one of the best RBI producers in baseball since he came into the game. Uh, Yuan Makata, uh, you know, Timmy Anderson's missed a few games here. But uh, it's it just seems like the you know the offense goes as Tim goes, and when Tim's not around, it, it, the rest of these guys just lay their bat down. You know, yeah, I mean, it uh, gets even worse than when he's than when he is here. You know, over the last uh, you know month or whatever. So there's just a flatness to this team uh, since going back to even before the All Star break. You know, we keep talking about what they've been doing since the All Star break, but. Honestly, their woes started in the month of June. It uh, really kind of carried through July. There's been some ups and downs, but largely down offensively. You know, we can talk, you know, we can look at the numbers and say, well, they've scored this many runs and their run differential is this and yada, 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 yada. But, you know, take out those games. And we've talked about this week, week in and week out for like the last month or so where if you take out those games where they score 8, 10, 12 runs, uh, that run differential is now in the negative instead of being in the positive, and uh, a lot of games are being lost. But that should be one. And, you know, you and I talked about this. You even sent me a, a nice little text right before we got on here tonight. This 
was supposed to be the strength of a team, the offense and the bullpen. Those are supposed to be the two things that we were looking at being at or near, near or at the top of baseball. And uh, both situations, both areas of the game for the White Sox are struggling. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty sobering stuff. Uh, yeah, so uh, Bozy brings up that uh, Eloy could run into a wall again and turn into dust, and then you get more Jake Lamb. I, I think that uh, I'd say probably the the difference at this point is at least you got Robert back. That if uh, Eloy pulls a uh, Eloy defensive play and destroys himself, you know, at least you've got one of the two back. But I mean, you know. <laughs> It's kind of one of those things that, yeah, I mean, like if we look at every single negative possible outcome, uh, we could be here for a while because uh, this team's seen so many injuries over this year that, uh, you know, we got uh, plenty of ones to go. Well, what if? Um, <laughs> true Sayer brings up. But Sebi did have three home runs in one game. So that is true. Um, he did do that once, and uh, there was that, you know, it was kind of a thing. Uh, first guy to it's hit his thing. first uh, three home runs in the same game, something like that. Uh, <laughs> in, yeah, White Sox history. Yeah, and only uh, like second or third time at baseball. I don't even remember what the, the whatever he. I don't know. He set some records that are pretty much meaningless outside of that one game. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it, it was, was it was a cool little story, um, but the thing was is that uh, unlike. Uh, the Yermin story from earlier this year is that, you know, you pretty much knew that the Sebi Savala thing was smoke and mirrors and that it wasn't going to be like a uh, a rebirth and then all of a sudden he's figured it out and he's going to start hitting, you know, 300 and, you know, ripping the ball over the place. That's just, you, you knew that wasn't going to happen. So No, it was another case of next man up and, uh, you know, he's doing what he's got to do. Uh playing the you know the role that he's been put in but uh you know we we can't just expect him to all of a sudden be the savior that this ball has been looking for you know we've talked about this again this is another one of those things that we can talk about till we're blue in the face you know the brian goodwins the billy hamiltons the jake lambs all these guys that have stepped up and done some things that maybe people weren't expecting from them uh sebi zavala was just the next guy in that scenario in the next man up scenario with the way the Sox team has been beat up injury wise this year. And uh, to expect anything else would have been, well, ludicrous. So unreasonable for sure. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, um, so on the positive side, uh, old Yasmani down in, uh, down in Charlotte now, um, in the minors. Uh, he is, uh, let me look here right quick, make sure that I'm looking at the right thing. I'm pretty positive I am. He's hitting 391 down in, uh, Charlotte, well, in between Charlotte and, uh, Birmingham. So, uh, with a 1,030 OPS. So, the bat is playing down there. I have to assume that when he comes back, he'll be ready to hit. So that's a good thing because this offense sure needs it. It's been a pretty tough watch as of late. So, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, got 
pointed out in the chat as well that uh, Cesar Hernandez has uh, turned into a pumpkin, and he's no long, no longer hitting the ball. So uh, that's that's nice to see as well. Um, going back to uh, his beginning of the season where he was hitting, you know, 200, 210 for like the first two months of the season or whatever. And uh, he's looking like that again. Uh, he's walked a few times, which has been okay, so he's gotten on base a little bit. But, I mean, for the most part, he's not hitting the ball anymore either. It's uh, it's like everybody, uh, <laughs> like pretty much everybody catches it at once and then they just don't hit for one, two, three games, and then they'll put out and hit, you know, 10, 10 runs, you know, in one game. So we'll see where that, uh, see where that ends up going. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's just tough. It's tough to even try to assume that, uh, you know, they are going to turn it around because this has been going on for so long. And then you've got, oh, I, I hate to uh, bring it up again, but, you know, the stands that are out there. Uh, and I had a conversation over the weekend. Uh, my wife and I had a, had our uh, wedding shower this past weekend, and I got a chance to uh, sit down with some, some of the guys that I love to talk baseball with outside of these groups. And, uh, you know, I, I had mentioned that, I'm not a big fan of uh, Larusa and his, uh, you know, Sunday sit games. But and now it's become a, you know, a Tuesday sit game, a Thursday sit game, a Friday sit game, a Sunday sit game. You know, a lot of these guys. Let's have, let's get everybody rest. And I understand that last year was a 60 game season, and that injuries are up across the league. And you know, we can talk about all the reasons, all the great reasons, all the good reasons that are being pointed out across social media and on television and by the MLB network, all the reasons that you want to wrestle player. But my take on this is that the Sox have not had their expected original starting lineup for most of the season. Any now, of the season. They haven't, no, we haven't had our full starting lineup yet this season. Right. So. Right. So, and I made the argument that wouldn't you want these guys to be able to get out there and play together and kind of gel? And uh, I, I had one of my friends tell me that, well, it's baseball. It's not like five on five basketball where you need those five guys to gel or hockey. <clears throat> but uh, I don't know. I feel like having your team, me being, and I, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a Friday night co-ed league softball player these days anyway uh but uh you know i always feel like my team performs better when we are not looking for our subs to show up uh there's just something about having that core group together that kind of seems the light of fire and then not only that when you when we talk about jelly i mean you know Guys have certain ta certain traits and, and tendencies that, uh, you know, when you play together every day, you become used to, you know exactly where they're going to be, when they're going to be, and what they're, what's going through their mind at that time. And I'm just not a fan of uh, Tony La Russa telling guys to take a seat today because you need rest, especially when, you know, let's talk about, now when we saw Tim Anderson sit down Thursday and then play Friday and have one of the best games of his career, possibly, Friday. Uh, and then Saturday came along and it was a, you know, was a day game after a, a tough night game. 
Uh, you know, that makes sense. But he sat Thursday. And I, we didn't know initially that he was battling leg tightness or leg soreness or whatever they're calling it is. Leg tiredness. I've heard it all. Uh, but the other thing was, was Luis Robert had a pretty good game the night before as well. He also sat. And I get that he's also coming off an injury. But I haven't seen anything since he's been back that shows me that he's not ready to be out there most of the time. And I feel like you're taking some of your hottest bats out of your lineup at the time when they are hot. To me, that's just, why are we trying to cool these guys down? I don't know. What do you, What's your thought on that? You know, I've kind of, I kind of have the same, uh, Sort of not exactly the same as you uh, for your reasoning, um, but my my thinking is have these guys uh, recently are they my my question I guess is are they asking for the days off? I mean, reportedly Tim dealing with his leg soreness thing, um, he's not ready to play right now, which, you know, fine. Um, but you know, like are, are, are these guys asking for days off? Cause I know that Liam Hendricks never asked for a day off. Oh, but you he know, sure seems to get quite a few gets a lot. And you know, when you end up sitting for five, six days and as a closer, you know, it generally ends up coming back to bite you. Um, as we've seen, he loses the feel for his slider after sitting for a few days, at least that seems to be the, uh, the thought behind the whole thing. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. I just think back to when I was a kid and, uh, you know, you look at the back of baseball cards from when you were a kid and you see games played and it's been 155 yeah it's been 162 games for years and back then you would look at a back of a baseball card and it would say 155 or 145 you know like what you know generally what Jose Abreu generally wants to do and i just feel like uh you know i just feel like this thing where everybody's sitting down like two days a week it feels like you know, not everybody, I guess, but you know, um, that these guys are just getting a lot. Of, it just seems like there's a lot of days off. I don't know. Like you said, you got the Sunday day off, you know, for the day game after the night game. And then you've got, you know, the, the day game before a night game, you know, you know, uh, Andrew Vaughn, he's, uh, he's got to have, uh, his day off on Tuesday um, even though that there was a day off on Monday, like an actual day off on Monday. So he's got two days off and hasn't played in a few days. Like, I'm just, uh, that was, but, that was my point of bringing up the, the Tuesday game off and the yeah. Friday game off because, you know, typically Mondays and, uh, you know, Thursdays are travel days and yet guys are still getting off these days. And that came out wrong. Getting these days off. <laughs> After an, a day off already, do they need two days off? Let's give them three days off. Why not? Let's just, you know, 
you know, Kendall brings it up that uh, TLR has been punting games, and he makes sure that those games stay punted when he does. And I kind of have to agree. You know, yeah. you're putting these weak lineups out there. And then after you've got this weak lineup that somehow was maybe stayed in the game, which has happened often. Uh, you know, we have had a lot of production out of the eight and nine, seven, eight and nine holes. Like we've been talking about again with these, you know, next man up guys who seem to step up at the right time and have been clutch a lot this season. But you get this this lineup that's you're kind of going, huh? What? Why? And you're in this game, it's the sixth, seventh inning. And you're either winning by one or two, or you're only down by one or two. And then the bullpen implosion happens because we're bringing out, you know, some guy who, you know, he pitched twice in the last four games. So we got guys like Liam Hendricks and, you know, Palmer are, uh, you know, not pitching at all. Uh, you get guys that are, you know, or, you know, whoever it might be. But, you know, he all of a sudden you get the cold hand come into the game and then things get out of control. And this was a team that we've seen last year. That was the, you know, never say die team. And we've seen it a few times this year too. These guys, they don't quit. They've been fun in some of those late games, but you know, when you're, you're bringing out guys that you're not pitching the guys you should be pitching in these situations. It just, it feels wrong. There's just something. It just seems fishy, man. I don't even know how else to put it. It's frustrating as a fan to watch. It's frustrating as a fan to watch these guys who probably aren't even supposed to be starting. Stay in a game. And they're fighting to stay in a game. And your manager is doing everything he can to make sure you don't. Yeah, I don't know. To, to me, this, this whole thing, uh, this whole conversation could be avoided. And I'm perfectly fine, you know. You know, Mark says that he can't get behind this point uh, because he, you know, guys need to be rested for the, you know, they're trying to get guys rested for the playoffs, which is fine. I guess, I guess more or less the, the problem that I have is that the offense is not functioning. And that's where, I mean, truly that's where this whole, this whole point is, is derived, I suppose, is that if this team didn't look like uh, it had no business being on a baseball field, you know, two times, uh, you know, three times a week where they look like they're just not interested in playing baseball and they score, you know, two, three runs over those three three games, um, then I'd be cool with everybody getting days off, you know. But, I mean, it, it just seems to me that – there, there's just way too many days where they just are not playing baseball and nobody's doing it. You know, just, I, I don't, I guess I just don't understand how this keeps on happening where the team gets five hits in a game and it happens multiple times in a week. But, you know, we sit guys. Well, and I'm going to take that I mean, a step further. Uh, and I, you know, I kind of understand what he's getting at with, you know, wrestling guys and being ready for the playoffs. Okay. But here's my thing. Uh, the White Sox record, we about how bad the White Sox record is. Everybody's talking about how they play against, uh, teams that are 500 or better. 
But the real thing, I think even worse than that is, is they don't play well on the road. And now Tampa you're playing against, Tampa. right. You're playing against teams like the Tampa Bay Rays that you could have overtaken in that series for home field advantage in the American league. Uh, you have the Yankees who have been playing out of their minds lately, who on Saturday were only one game behind the white Sox for uh home field advantage in the American league. Um, and having said that, when you're when you can't win on the road, I would think having home field advantage in the playoffs looks pretty important right now. At least the way things stand now. Uh sitting guys down at the at the moment. You know, I get it. Okay, so they're rested. Maybe they play better in the playoffs. If they're not rested, maybe they play worse in the playoffs. But I'm just looking at what we do know right now. What we know right now is they don't play well on the road. Their record is pretty bad on the road. I would prefer to have that home field advantage for as long as I possibly can. Yeah, they are just yeah. So they are. Uh, let's see, forty-two and twenty-three at home, and thirty and thirty away. So they're playing five hundred ball away, and yeah, I mean. And I don't know if that includes tonight or not. I didn't do the math, but uh, yeah. Oh well, I guess I know the record against five hundred teams or you know above that on away. the road. That's terrible. It's yeah. it's it's absolutely yeah. awful. And uh, you know, let's be honest, you're not going to face a sub five hundred team in the playoffs. So yeah. you know, just uh, just something to uh, keep in mind. You know. Take it or leave it. You don't have to like what I gotta say. I don't really care. I'm gonna say it anyway. It's uh if you don't like it, you wanna say something, go get your own stream. <laughs> but you can come check least, out mine and talk all the least, smack you want. Yeah, at least hop in the chat and tell us anyway. <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean I'm yeah. kidding. As a matter of fact, uh Mr. Donuts thirty three uh will be joining us on the stream hopefully next week. As long as that's good with my co-host here. Yeah. We've been talking Uh, about it for weeks. Had I not gotten home from work late tonight, I would have tried to have getting that all set up and we could have been on the same page. But unfortunately, it just seems like Mondays are the day that uh, everything explodes on me at work, including uh, a uh, 19 foot travel trailer with a uh, with a with a hot water tank that decided to explode on us today. So, yeah, had to fix that fun stuff. Yeah, so as Kendall uh, mentioned, uh, I just got the uh, pop-up from uh, MLB that the Yankees just won their 10th in a row, and uh, they have now passed the White Sox. Um, So that's awesome. Um, And also, I just saw this uh, tweet from uh, James Fegan from The Athletic. Uh, Lynn said he told Larusa and Katz he could go another inning. Um, But that the the back end of the pen was rested and ready. So, uh, I don't know. Lance Lance pitched really well tonight. And uh, this uh, this result is not certainly not deserved. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of aggravating. Um, yeah, if you can get that, if you can find that info, truth there, find out what the uh, the Sunday record and stats are, I, I'm kind of curious. I, I've wanted to say that it seems like they're uh, – that the that they're not good, but uh, you know, 
let me let me hear it. Uh, sixteen and twenty-four against five hundred teams. Yeah, I mean that's that's about right. I mean that's like losing, uh, you know, one more than you win. I mean, out of three, you know. So, I mean, it's not good, but. Well, um, no. When you put that together in a seven-game series, you're not going to win too too many of those. You know what I mean? I yeah. At this point, I don't even like. Now, I understand that the White Sox are not going to lose the division. That part I get. However, at this point, uh, watching the uh, watching the way that the offense has been so hit or miss at this point, I'm not really worried about. I'm not really worried about the playoffs, to be honest. Like I, I would like. Well, how about this? I'm really worried about the playoffs. I'll put it that way. I guess. Uh, was gonna say like yeah. I like what. Like I don't really. Yeah, I don't. How about I don't. You're, care. you're not. You're not really worried about clearing your calendar to watch the entirety of the playoffs as a White Sox fan. <laughs> not that it's not saying that you wouldn't watch the playoffs. Maybe just not clearing your calendar to watch the White Sox in the playoffs. Yeah, it's kind of. I guess I put it this way: is that I am very worried about the playoffs uh, because with the way they've been playing, I don't think that I'm going to have to worry about the playoffs for very long. Because if they go into the playoffs looking like this, like how they've looked over the last two months, it's going to be a real short. You know, it's going to be a real short yeah. playoff. Playoff uh, Oakland 2020. Yeah, I I don't know, but for I different just, reasons, it's not going to be for the reasons that uh, you know we can't get a starting pitcher to go out there and throw more than a third of an inning or two thirds of an inning like last year. But uh, you know, the, if the offense can't put up numbers, it's uh it, it's going to be a swift and assertive exit for the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, I I get you know when I start talking about this stuff I have some people that uh think I'm think I'm an alarmist and that I should relax but I mean realistically will you see how hot and cold this offense is do you have any faith that in a three game series that the offense is going to show up for three games even if Lance Lynn Giolito and say Rodon's back at 100%, even if each one of those guys only gives up a run, there's a possibility that we lose two out of the three of those games. You know? I mean, yeah, because those guys, none of those guys are showing right now that, or at least Tony LaRusso is showing right now that apparently uh, none of those guys can pitch past six innings. So you're going to have to go to your bullpen, which has, uh, done more imploding than not lately. And, uh, yeah, you give up one run and you can't score the other one. You can't at least make it a tie ball game. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I like, you know, we've, we've watched this, this whole thing all year and we've said the same thing over and over and over again. And it's still an issue. And uh, you know, their yeah, their record is, is still really good. You can't have this amount of talent. And you pretty much can't piss it away and get a bad record, okay? But 
to actually be one of those teams that's going to be the cream of the crop and is going to win playoff series and go to the World Series, you have to be more consistent than this. Like, you can't score two runs or one run and expect to win. It's just not going to happen. You know, it's just not. And I I don't, you know, like I said, I've said this numerous times. I try not to be a hot take kind of guy and start spouting off, you know, all sorts of stupidity. But we've watched this for too long where it's hot and cold. And And that's kind of what I was going to say. You can't call it a hot take at this point. This has been going on, like I said, since June. Yeah. It started in June. Uh, we've been lucky enough that our pitching has kept us in enough games to continue to keep a winning record and and keep a comfortable lead in the AL Central. But, uh, you know, the AL Central isn't exactly the greatest feat in the world right now. The White Sox are the only competitive team in the AL Central. So, you know, we can look at that number all day long. We can look at the number of teams that are beaten up on that they should beat up on, but you know, when you play these teams that you know are a little bit more competitive, it hasn't been pretty. It hasn't no, been pretty. Not. It, there's nothing. It's not inspiring, and it yeah. is what it is. You know, we, these are, this is one of those moments where the eye test plays. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I don't even I don't have to look up stats to, to see this. You know, this is one of those moments where I can say, I, you know, I watched the game. I watched the game and it was ugly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You can be a statistician all you want, but you know, they have been, uh, less than, less than inspiring. It's, it's, it's all I got, you know? Yeah. Uh, Kendall mentions that, uh, Sox, Sox offense has been struggling against bad pitching and been okay against good pitching at this point. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Like, I don't care who's pitching. You know, like, the whole point of the fantastic rotation and spending money and trading for bullpen help was that you were supposed to be, you know, the, the pitching the pitching rotation at the beginning of the year when Robert and Aloy went down, they said that their whole thing was that the pitching was going to make up for the fact that Aloy and Robert weren't there. I mean, that's like uh, almost verbatim from what Lucas Giolito said. And the thing is, is that they've held up their part of the bargain. They've all, like everybody in that starting staff, minus uh, half a Keuchel starts and a few Giolito starts, um, for the most part has been fantastic. You know, like Giolito had that start against the Red Sox and, uh, Keuchel goes out there and pitches three innings and gives up six runs. That's happened a few times. But, you know, for the most part, the pitching staff has done their job. The problem is is that now Aloy and Robert are back, and we're still seeing the same stuff, still scoring zero runs, still scoring one run. And, you know, like I understand they're coming back from injuries, but the problem hasn't been Robert and Aloy. They're hitting the ball. It's all the rest of the guys that are doing nothing all at the same time, you know? So I Right. You can't have three guys producing. Yeah. You've got Robert Aloy and Tim Anderson, who has been shelled for the last couple of games. Between those three guys, you can't expect them to be the entire offense of uh, the team that fields, you know, nine batters every day. You can't. 
you're not gonna get you know you know mr donuts 33 uh said that they can't string together three hits in an inning and it's true they just don't seem to get timely hits ever and you know the, the men left on base in these games you get you get these guys that walk every now and again you get a, a sebi walk you get a caesar hernandez walk and nobody wants to step up and move these guys over nobody wants to bring them in yeah it seems yeah. like just it's been like a a thing just the the timely hitting you know uh has just not not been a thing and i don't i don't uh i don't know what it is yeah uh Bozy brings up, yeah, well, I've read on Facebook groups that say it'll be fine and hand wave away criticism and it's all groovy. And, yeah, I have also seen uh, the uh, just the waving off and, uh, you know, you are a, you're, you're a, a hater, you know, whatever word oh, they want to use. Uh, yeah. Because Whatever. the Sox have this ginormous lead in the Central, and we yeah. haven't seen a Sox team this talented in so long. You're right. We haven't, which is why I expect more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, after amassing all this talent, and then and then you come out, and this is uh, this is what you're getting. Oh, Goodwin yeah. Kendall, this is uh, 69 WRC+. Plus. Yeah, Goodwin's yeah. been pretty brutal for the last uh, last couple of weeks. Yes, but you know what? Uh, I'm not totally mad at him just because he's been one of those yeah. next man up guys. He did. He's he, you know, he played his part in keeping this team uh, a winning team for quite a while. So oh, you know, he more than did his part, absolutely right. So I mean, you know, him going through this slump that he's going through right now, whatever. You know, I I'm just gonna go back to Kendall's original point and just agree with the fact that the rest of these guys got to do their job. Plain and yeah. simple. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been ugly. Yeah. yeah, and you get called a Cub fan. Yeah, I get, yeah, <laughs> you I've sound been like called... Cub fan. Yeah, you must be a Cub fan. You're bitching about this team. Yeah, uh, go up, go up to the north side. I've been Follow watching the team. Sox since 1919. <laughs> yeah, my uh, another one of my favorites is uh, Sox, White Sox fan for life, ride or die. <laughs> Yeah, okay, dude. <laughs> <sighs> You're out of this funny, Posey. <laughs> you don't watch baseball. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, wa I actually watch the games. I don't just look at a stat sheet. I watch the games. <laughs> My eyes tell me that what's going on out there is just fine, and you're stupid for looking at stats. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which way um, you go, George? Yeah. So I'm going to get off of this subject for a, for a, for a hot yeah. minute. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, because yeah. Um, I want to fill in for uh, this negativity uh, with some new negativity. So uh, Jared Kelly, <laughs> Jared Kelly, in his last uh, in his start a week ago, uh, made it point two innings. Uh, had a couple of walks, um, one hit, and then left the game, if I remember correctly. And uh, his last start, which I think was yesterday, it's either Sunday or Saturday, I can't remember, but uh, left the game with a shoulder impingement, 
and we'll be seeing time on the IL. Chris Getz says that he'll be back and he'll pitch again this season. Um, not good. Yeah, uh, it's just been one of those years, man. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's been some positive stuff, but uh, the injury news around uh, around this club has uh, once again been one of those uh, awful entire seasons. And, uh, you know, again, we bring this up after that, uh, what was it, that baseball prospectus article about the, uh, about the hamstrings is that, uh, whose fault is this? And I know that normally, you know, you don't want to hang this kind of thing on the ball club because people do get injured, but I mean, crying out loud, man, it's just like, it's hard to ignore it's hard to ignore the numbers uh you know like again another thing that we've talked about we have been snake bitten uh but uh you know since the departure of a one herm herm schneider yeah well herm was at the uh was at the uh hospital with uh chris bassett so i mean he's still around uh, that's one thing we haven't talked about. I guess we could talk about another awful thing. If you want to talk about another awful thing, we could talk about Chris Bassett getting hit in the face and breaking his jaw and cheekbone. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was rough. It was tough to watch. The awful. you know I sat here on my couch staring at the big screen and the sound that it made. This I mean it was instantaneous. The sound yeah, it was like a cracking. It came through my. Yeah, the, the sound that came through my TV, I can't imagine what it sounded like live. But the sound that came through my TV kind of gave me shudders, man. Uh, you feel for the guy. You really do. You, yeah. you know, you have to wonder. At one point, I was wondering if he was going to get up. And then you see the bloody towels and the blood not just coming from his face. It was coming out of his ear hole that he didn't even get hit in. You know, and you start to wonder what's going on in there. And uh, the fact that he was able to even get up... Uh, under his own power, even though he had to, you know, he had to ride the cart off the field, but he was able to hold that towel over his face. You know, kudos to him. Thank God it wasn't, you know, any worse. But wow, wow. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, I mean, we're talking about life altering things here. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, just uh, happy to see that uh, he apparently had surgery today and he's going to be here for another like three, four days and then they're going to transfer him back out to the uh, Bay Area. So just hope for a speedy recovery and that uh, everything goes, you know, goes yeah, well. Yeah, as of right now, it sounds like he's going to be okay. You never know with these kind of things, you know, uh, but by all accounts, uh, it sounds like he should uh, recover fully. So you just keep your fingers crossed for a guy like that, especially, you know, he came up through the White Sox organization. He was drafted by the Sox. So, uh, you know, you don't want to see that happen to anybody, but you, you especially don't want to see it happen to somebody who was uh, familiar with the club. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say, you know, not that it uh, not that it played any part. And they said, you know, the A's said said the same, you know, that uh, the, the White Sox couldn't have been better about uh, helping Chris uh, through this brutal time and that uh, – nothing but class from the organization. That's always nice to hear. And, uh, you know, they said that they don't think that, you know, 
him being part of our farm system at any point had anything to do with it, and I would tend to agree. I th- kind of think that they would do that oh. for anybody. But, um, yeah, pretty ugly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, that's one of those things you really do hate to see, and you don't want to see it happen to anybody. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so as uh, Kendall brings up, that uh, Samil Polanco and Mizell, uh Gonzalez have uh, kind of fallen off. And I mean, you know, I, I say, uh, Misael, uh, uh, he wasn't really ever, you know, like since he came up, he's only been, you know, he did hit a home run, I think in his, it was either his first or second at bat, uh, maybe his first at bat, second pitch or something like that with the ballers that he did hit a home run. But I mean, realistically, he's been hitting like 150 the entire time that he's been with the ballers, despite, you know, him hitting a couple of, uh, nice home runs. Um, Samuel Polanco, uh, he was part of the reason that uh, Jared Kelly only made it point two of an inning the other uh, the other day in his, not this start, but the last start. Uh, he had two errors in the first inning when playing second base. Um, technically, I mean, there was, you know, it could have been three, three errors in that one inning. So, I mean, that was... Yeah, Samil has not had a uh, not had a good run as of late. He's got he's had a couple of hits in the last two days, or you know, like the two days prior to today. But yeah, it's been ugly. Um, yeah, he also brings up uh, West Cath uh, down in uh, Arizona Complex League. He's looked good, lots of you know, showing lots of power. And, Thanks for uh, not saying it, by the way. What's that? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. No, I I will you know, purposely not say uh, the Arizona ACL. compound. <laughs> See, now you said it. Um, well, yeah, let's so, just get it out there. Yeah, him and uh, Montgomery have both looked uh, pretty good down there, and um, yeah, Norhe Vera in the DSL has uh, pitched a couple of innings. Um, the first inning he pitched and struck out to the side. I don't, I know that he had a couple of strikeouts. I think he's got two, I think two strikeouts in the second, uh, inning he pitched. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, we know that, uh, Romy Gonzalez got, uh, sent up from double a, um, but, uh, Cespedes, um, Yolbert. Um, there's been some some pretty decent uh, offensive performances down there uh, between uh, them. Not to, I, I mean, I haven't been able to watch the dash because they've been playing the uh, the Crawdads who uh, don't have cameras, so haven't been able to watch any of that in the last week. Schomburg. Schomburg. Schomburg has cameras. Has cameras. Yeah. Yeah, no affiliation, are. and they have cameras. Never Why? an affiliation. Never an affiliation, and they have cameras. Why is it that MLB-affiliated minor league teams don't have cameras? It is 2021. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, sheets. Uh, Kendall brings up Sheets. He's been hitting well as of late in uh, Charlotte. Um, I will say uh, Jake Berger, however has not been hitting well. I uh, did hit a home run yesterday. Um but uh he's been slumping pretty bad. So Dog uh, days. Yeah. Um all around as, uh, all across the damn board. Yeah, the the Jose Rodriguez to double A thing, that I don't know about. Um 
I think that uh, it'd probably be a good idea for him to get some more time before uh, shipping him to Double A, considering that that uh, that park is a uh, dead zone for the most part. It'd probably be best for him to get uh, at least uh, at least a month in advance day. If he keeps on hitting the ball, then you move him up. But I don't, you know, I don't think that. Uh, I think two levels in one year is probably uh, probably enough. I would think, and I, I think the probably the same probably the same thing is probably gonna. Oh, okay, you're not suggesting. Okay, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean he's played well, no doubt. Um, uh, and you did you brought up uh, Norgay Vera for a moment there, and I did see that uh, Chris Guess also had some you know some good things to say about him in a tweet I saw. I think it was just this afternoon actually. Yeah, it was um, the uh, yeah I think, uh, talking about that. Talking about he was uh, he was hitting you know ninety six to ninety nine on the gun. Yeah. He's only twenty one years old and he's expected to grow some more. So you know maybe uh, we're we're looking at another White Sox fireballer. You know you can you hope yeah and you hope that, uh, you hope that uh, his command and, and the strikeouts continue to pile up. So I uh, I've always uh, had a firm uh, trust in uh, Mister Getz. Since uh, he's been with the organization, he seemed to uh, have a pretty big impact on the development of some of these young guys. And uh, when he says something, normally he's pretty spot on. So, you know, looking for, uh, well, hoping for big things out of uh, Norgay as he uh, grows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Truth Sayer says that I uh, couldn't find the Sunday record. He's still looking, but Twitter is ablaze with a video of TLR yelling at Zavala in the dugout tonight. And uh, see, these are the wonderful things that we miss when uh, we're streaming towards the end of the game and uh, can't see that kind of stuff. I'll have to get. I'll have to get on my people and uh, have them make uh, have them make some uh, some some gifts. Teal are running and screaming at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So as far as uh, so, where does Colas start next year? I don't know. Um, you know, he's been in, uh, you know, playing in Japan, so it's entirely possible that he does start at Double A. But I mean, just judging by the way things have gone in the last uh, the last couple of years with their assignments right off the bat for these guys. I'm going to go ahead and say that he uh, probably starts with the dash to start out. And it might be a, it might be a really short run. I mean, you might be looking at him being there for two weeks, three weeks, but I think that they'll probably end up starting him with the dash. Um, just a guess, you know, I don't have any inside information on that, but I mean, I, you know, I'm just kind of spitballing here seeing from what they've done you know they did it with uh Cespedes I mean and, and Colas is going to be in the exact same spot not playing competitive baseball for you know at least a year uh for him it'll actually be two years um so I mean it's been forever that is uh that's scary stuff you're signing a guy for multiple millions of dollars but because of this stupid antiquated system that the that MLB has for signing baseball players um, he has to sit around for two years before he can start playing baseball for the White Sox. Even though we know that he's signing with the White Sox, he can't actually play for the White Sox or play, you know, 
competitive baseball. Although I did hear that uh, he might be what's he? He's playing for uh, Tatis uh, Senior or something like that in uh, Dominican Winter League or something. Does that sound right? I think that's what it was. I had not heard that, but uh, it would be it would be a step in the right direction. Get him on the field doing something. Uh, I, I don't see why the you know the Sox or somebody would not be trying to uh, get this guy playing some ball somewhere. Yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, I've made it known my feelings on the uh, on the whole system in general, as far as like the uh, signing of international players, and then also you know of my feelings for Manfred and his ridiculous. Uh, minor league policies that he's got going on and just the way things are working. And I'm not a, I'm just and you yelled at me for saying ACL. You said oh, Manfred Manfred. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, there, there are some positive things going on in, uh, in the minors. So that's, that's wonderful to see. Um, certainly, uh, you know, I will say that there are there are there have been nights uh, in the last week or so where I think that I put up uh, like three or four highlights on a night with uh, two or three games going on. Yeah, there were a lot of rainouts early in the week, so that kind of helped things out a little bit. But uh, there's been some uh, really ugly, ugly offensive performances and cannonballers. They they uh, just managed on I think on Saturday on Saturday to uh, break their 15 game losing streak. 15 game losing streak. Yeah, and, you said it. Uh, That's right. Yeah, 15 game losing streak. They finally beat it, and then they went out the next day and lost again. So. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. makes you wonder. Baseball America has the White Sox system dead last in the farm. I didn't even look. Uh, is, that where, is that where they have them? Yeah, the update put them dead last. This farm I, system. You know, I mean, they have graduated I, I don't a buy lot it. of people. I get it. Um, I don't buy it that they're last, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, they're not uh, showing a whole lot at the moment. That's that's what I'm saying. Is that the 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 issue being is that if you watch Canapolis, if you watch uh, Winston Salem, other than a you know, a couple of guys for the most part, as far as, uh, as far as hitters go, like there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of black holes there, you know, guys batting one thirty, you know, and still seeing consistent play time all the time. I mean, you've had, you know, there, there are some guys that, uh, have put up some decent numbers in, uh, like Harvin Mendoza for the cannonballers has been great. He's hitting, I think he's hitting like right around 300, with uh, a decent OPS and uh, seems to uh, work really, really good long at bats. And, um, yeah, and then there's, uh, you know, but then there's for every one of him, there's like five, six guys that are struggling. So, I mean, it's the, the cannonballers just has not been, they have not been so hot. And it's like everybody that was playing decent, all got bumped. So the only guy, I'd say the only guy who's uh, still in Kannapolis that's been fairly decent and all year long and hasn't really slumped hardly at all is Harvin Mendoza. And 
for whatever reason, he's still sitting in a ball. But I mean, the, I, I have to say probably the only reason that that's happening is because he's, you know, been playing, uh, mostly, uh, first base DH stuff. Um, he's an outfielder, but he's not, uh, you know, he's not exactly, uh, fleet of foot, if you know what I mean. Uh, he's kind of a bigger dude. So, but the guy can hit, that's for sure. So that's nice. But uh, starting to see some of those uh, some of those draft picks start to uh, matriculate through uh, the uh, Arizona Complex League and make their way up to Kannapolis, so that's nice. Um, no uh, Montgomery or Kath yet, as far as I know. Uh, it could have happened tonight. Who knows? I know that uh, a couple of guys have uh, have gotten bumped in the last couple of days. Um trying to remember who it was but I can't off the top of my head I think that most of them have been pitchers which would make sense and it's certainly needed because uh cannonballers have gotten lit up a lot not that I you know realistically not that any of it really matters as far as the uh the record of the actual team number one uh it's minor league baseball so you know like I don't particularly care I, like I don't place too much on the uh, on the record of the team like if like I've gotten you know I'm sitting here celebrating guys uh hitting home runs and I get uh I get people chirping at me from uh remote parts of the south telling me yeah your guy hit a home run but you lost and I'm like cool I don't really care <laughs> yeah I, I think it was uh I think it was it was either the stri- the Gwinnett Stripers. It was a Braves fan for sure. It was either the uh, oh, Rome you know Braves they're getting or... to be almost as bad as the Yankees fans here lately. I don't know what's going on. You know, Braves team starts winning and all of a sudden, uh, oh, their fans are. Uh, I don't know. There, there's another sense of entitlement there. Do we act entitled since the Sox have uh, improved? I don't think so, anybody, but I mean, I any, will say any, that. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, look at this. I mean, anybody in the chat, you guys, you've seen these you people on Twitter. Don't act like they don't exist. We know that there are plenty of <laughs> morons on Twitter that will ruin it for everybody. Um, it just so happens that the Yankees have a disproportionate amount of idiots. <laughs> just saying. Uh, All right, fair enough. Okay, so Truesayer says he found it. It was wrong. It was all day games versus night games, and they're 26 and 22 for day games and 46 and 30 at night. Yeah, Tatis, uh, yeah, Elijah Tatis has been brutal. Um, 308 uh, OPS. Wowzers. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're, when you got a 115 batting average, unless your name's Yasmani Grandal, your OPS is still going to be horse crap, you know? Oh, so, I mean, jeez. You could probably leave the bat on your shoulder and walk enough to get better than a three oh eight. Yeah, I think he started out I think his uh I think his Arizona complex league started out uh zero for seventeen with like sixteen strikeouts or something like that. So it's awful. Yeah, it's it, he's had a he's had a tough road this uh this summer so far. Um, 37 K's and five walks. He's just upset uh, because his brother's shoulder is all mashed up. Yeah. I feel like a, a one to seven, uh, walk to K ratio is probably not 
what they're looking for. That's um, not good. No. <laughs> okay. Truthsayer says Just that's not bad. That's ridiculously horrible. And uh, I got not, I got nothing on that. That's that is awful. Um, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Way to blow it up for us there, man. Well, I mean, we did. We tr- we 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 kept it positive for all of about two and a half minutes. Yeah, we made it. Uh, I say we made it's it through been... like five, ten minutes, like trying okay. to keep it positive. At least putting an effort to try and keep it positive. Yeah, but it uh, took a pretty nasty turn after that. Kind of hard not to, but you know, I mean, this is. Uh, it, it seems like it's an organization-wide uh, collapse at the moment, and I hate to call it a collapse because let's be honest, you know, the White Sox haven't collapsed yet, but uh, you know. Well, I mean, they're making it to the playoffs, you know, but as we, you know, as we talked about before, I mean, yeah, we can be yay all we want about that. If we don't get past the first round uh, or even be competitive in the second round, if that were to happen, get past the first round, you know, we can talk about playoffs all you want. We can be the, we can be the the 90s Braves at, uh, and, and not get the World Series win that they did get the one out of, you know, how many appearances they had. Yeah, I mean, uh, we could live in the playoffs for the next 10 years, but I don't, you know, I mean, obviously you got to give yourself as many chances as possible, but, I mean, the, you know, Rick Hahn said it best. The goal is to win a World Series. And, uh, you know, if they're going to look like corpses, that's not uh, that's not going to be the result that we're going to get. You know, I mean, so uh, it's kind of one of those things is just as as White Sox fans. How much mediocrity are you willing to settle for? Well, yeah, that that is the question. You know, I mean, this is the first time ever that they're going to make the playoffs two years in a row, assuming that they don't completely fall flat on their face for the next month you know, month and a half and uh, not make the playoffs, which would be historical, uh, a letdown of historical proportions like 19, like the 2021 White Sox would go down with the, uh, you know, those uh, real uh, awful teams that uh, like the, uh, what was it, the 69 Cubs that uh, were up by like, 20 something games and then just died and then didn't make the playoffs. Um, like you're looking at that kind of a uh, laughing stock type thing if that were to happen. I mean, not that I think that it's going to, but, um, you know, there's obviously there's been some, uh, some ugly moments here in the last, uh, last couple of months. So let's pray that that does not happen because I do not want to see that. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I saw a tweet. I don't remember who it was by. Probably in I, it's got to be four or five days ago now. Uh, and there was something about uh, you know, something like six or eight of the World Series winners since uh, I want to say like two thousand six or two thousand eight or something. Have all been teams that have not fared well against uh teams that were five hundred or above during the regular season. 
I, I don't remember the exact number. Uh, I could probably look it up, but unfortunately, I am using my phone to uh, see the chat here tonight. And uh, for once, I don't want to jinx it, but for once, I have had the chat from the beginning of the show, and it continues to keep coming through. So uh, I've had to reload I don't it, on the other off. hand, like five times tonight. So you really? just passed it. Yeah, you just passed it over to me. So Well, okay. Yeah, so uh, you know, I don't want to jump off and jump on the uh, the old tweet machine and and try to find that, but you know, so th- just seeing that, there's that part of me that is still hopeful to see a triumphant resurgence from that team. I mean, you know, you said it earlier; it's it's difficult to have a team with this much talent and not have a winning record, and they do, uh, and they continue to beat up on teams that they're supposed to beat. So, you know, I I am not I it's not all doom and gloom for me right now. Uh I do believe that, you know, maybe there, there's still that that chance that this team finds its spark, you know. Uh this team almost fell apart in 2005 at the end of the season and then rolled to the playoffs and we know how that went. They went 11 and 1. Uh you know, we had a bunch of great pitching performances during that particular offseason uh we had some timely hits and home runs from some uh unexpected batters and uh you know maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and uh this thing kind of you know straightens itself out and writes the ship you know what i mean but you know that's it's all hope right now you know and i i hate to keep beating a dead horse here but uh we're just not seeing that kind of play from this team and that yeah, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. Uh I feel like uh, you know, and it's probably just me. Uh I keep going back to the same things because I'm seeing the same things over and over again. But uh do you have anything else you'd like to move on to for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna no? go uh I think I'm gonna use the the washroom and go vomit and I'll be back in uh <laughs> two and a half minutes. Uh, but uh, I'm sure I'll think of something positive to say when I'm on my way back. Sounds great. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll be right back. Cool. Um, well, again, I am going to go ahead and take this time to uh, put it out to our listeners and our people in the chat right now. Uh, if you're not already a follower of White Sox Daily on Twitter, uh, I think you should do so because as we were just talking about the uh, – White Sox Daily Minor League Report uh, via our very own Mr. Ian Eskridge. Uh, It's also probably the best place anywhere to actually see some video clips of these guys that you're not going to find just about anywhere else. Um, Ian is very good about making sure that you do get to see all the highlights uh, in person. You'll actually see these guys doing what they do when they do it down on on the farm. So go ahead and give them guys, give us a, a like. Go out and check out all the videos and all the clips that uh, we've got on there. <laughs> and then the other thing is, is uh, I have been putting it out over the last, uh, oh, I don't know, month or so since uh, White Sox Daily. Uh, Ian and I have uh, become Twitch affiliates here on the on the stream. And uh, with that comes our very own emotes that we can use. Uh, and I have not heard anything back from you guys. So uh, I'm kind of hoping you did your homework. Hit us up in the chat. 
let us know uh what kind of emotes you'd like to see uh and uh we'll get on making those things happen we're gonna go ahead and vote on a few of the best ones uh and if you don't hit us here you can always hit us up on twitter uh iaskridge at twitter.com and you can also find me danny miller wsp at twitter.com hit us up let us know what you think but uh i'm gonna go back to the chat here kendall says that jose rodriguez is not even 20 and a half and at 11 games since being promoted to a plus has 18 hits yeah, I would say that's pretty impressive. Uh, 1042 OPS. And, you know, like you said, he is a youngster. Uh, I know I was kind of beaten up a little bit on the farm. And actually, I'm not really beating up on the farm because I don't agree uh, with what uh, Baseball America was. Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, one of the two. Now, I might question it myself, but uh, one of the two has the White Sox farm system after the updates uh, listed at last. And I got to tell you, I think my take on that is, is is it possible they're last at this particular moment? Maybe just because they're not showing anything. But uh, the one thing, the key to remember is, is that there's a lot of youth that is going to grow. And there's a lot of guys that, uh, you know, haven't been playing to international guys, haven't been uh, around all that long. And we're still expected to sign another international guy coming up. So, you know, as far as uh as far as, as as farm system ratings go, and we all know how important that was our <laughs> uh I would have to say that a lot of it has to do with the youth movement uh that'll graduate eventually. Uh some of these guys will probably uh gain some momentum and gain some position in the rankings. And then of course uh like I said, when you get when you get the the Coloss signing and you get you know all these other guys that uh, are finally producing that are coming from the international leagues uh, and international signings, uh, I would also expect to see a jump there as well. Mister Ian, how are you? Welcome back. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I thought about uh, thought about something that uh, we should talk about, and especially because it has been one of those huge things that has happened on Twitter uh, today. I figure it's something that uh, deserves uh, being talked about. Okay. The Yoan Mankata uh, pitchforks and torches. Where do you stand on the Yoan Mankata where do I stand? Yeah, like what? What are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking it's pretty freaking ridiculous, is what I'm thinking. Um, he's got the highest on base percentage on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or he's right there if he isn't. Yeah, if he doesn't. Uh, has he kicked a couple balls around this year? Eh. Maybe a few times. Um, but uh, why are we singling out him when no one else seems to be producing in large chunks of time? 
that's kind of my take. I, I really, I, I don't know what else you want from me here. Uh, there are worse third basemen to have, <laughs> and we're about we want to throw, we want to throw uh, one of the better ones under the bus. What do you yeah. think? So, uh, I'm over it. I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I kind of um. I guess more or less like what I what I said today. Um, when it was brought up is, are there things that could be improved upon? And uh, yeah, there yeah there is things that could be improved upon. However, um, I don't know. I just don't. Uh, I guess I'm just I'm not worried. I'm not if if I'm worrying about something that's happening on the team. It's not Yoan Moncada, I guess. No, I think, th- I think that there are far worse things that uh, that are going on right now than uh, Yoan Moncada. And uh, I'm gonna when as soon as I can get it here, I'm gonna try and pull up a, a tweet that I put out earlier today. That is, uh, Yoan Moncada is not getting the Bears quarterback treatment, Kendall. The Bears quarterbacks deserve the treatment they get for a very long time. Johan Mankata does not deserve what he is getting right now. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I, and to me, it just the the whole thing just seems absurd. You know, I mean, it, you know, is he, uh, you know, is he putting up like uh, superstar numbers? No, no, but uh, no. Yeah, I I certainly I do, I don't think that he deserves uh the the nonsense that he has been getting the last couple of days. It's like uh yeah, it's it's ugly. So uh here yeah, okay. I've 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 got it and it's sorted so we can take a look at this. And I do have uh something else I'd like to bring up afterwards as well too, but uh yeah. I'll go ahead and let you are you uh, so, are you ready? Do you have it pulled up? Yeah, yeah, it's it's up, it's up. You'll, okay. you'll see it uh, since we don't have the uh, the screen sharing going on right now because of my ridiculous uh, computer setup that I got going on over here. Uh, player A with runners in scoring position in 128 plate appearances. You have a 16.4 percent walk rate, 25 percent K rate. Hitting 277 with an OPS of 879 and a WRC plus of 146. Player B with runners in scoring position, 12 more appearances, uh, 140. Uh, a 10.7% uh, walk rate, so you're losing about 6% there uh, to player A. Uh, the K rate is 17.9, so you're making up 7% there. Uh, lower average at 268 and slightly lower OPS at uh, 879. And I believe the WRC plus is 133. I cut that off on accident. But the uh, WRC plus is 133. So you're giving up 13 points in the WRC plus. And I asked the question, who do you want coming up in a big moment um, in that situation? And... Um, so, you know, uh, 
You've got I, uh, higher WRC plus from player A than you do from player B. And you have a higher OPS with player A than you do with player B. Uh, higher walk rate. The one thing that you're you're losing on is K rate, which is like 7%. So, yeah, I'm pretty much taking player A every time. Right. I mean, you would think so, right? Well, the, yeah. uh, you know, player A is Yoan Mankata. Hey. And player B is Jose Abreu. Hey. So the guy that everybody, the guy that everybody loves is, oh. you know, that everybody loves and it can't do anything wrong. Despite, you know, the fact that he went from a 183 to a, Whatever it was, like a, or maybe it was one forty three to, or one eighty three to like a forty three or something like that, uh, WRC plus in June. Yeah, I remember it was down like a hundred and fourteen. Yeah, points it was in the month. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, that's that's your uh, your guy at B, and Yoan Mankata is better than him. Yet you've got people ready to trade Yoan Mankata. But they're talking about, uh, you know, like, at least it seems like they're probably the same people, you know, like this person, you know, like they're talking about, uh, you know, building a statue for uh, for Jose Abreu. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's kind of kind of frustrating. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point, Kendall. Canerco uh, would routinely slump. For entire halves of seasons, he would disappear, and maybe not for an entire half season, but he would. Yeah, yeah, he'd go on those streaks. And you know, Jose's not been, uh, uh he's not been safe from that either. He's had those moments. You know, he's and uh, they during a game just in the last few days, uh, or maybe it was a pregame or postgame show. They did flash his numbers. Uh, you know, month by month over his career. And, uh, you know, everybody says, well, we know typically that he's a slow starter. But if you look at some of his numbers in, like, the first half of the season, year in and year out, uh, it's pretty obvious that he goes through some largely unproductive months. Now, he makes up for it in those warmer months, by, you know, and by the end of the season when he's got 110, 120 RBIs and, you know, he's a top RBI producer in baseball for some of those years and he's hitting, you know, 35 plus dingers. People seem to forget about those things. But, uh, you know, he's not always necessarily the savior of the offense. And the one thing that sticks out with him particularly is when the rest of the offense isn't doing so well, he seems to struggle even more because I think he's taking the weight of that on his own shoulders and he's, you know, he's trying to force something to happen and unfortunately starts forcing himself at bad pitches as well. So yeah, I don't know hero ball. Right. And, uh, it doesn't usually work out well. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, like the whole, uh, the whole Yoan Mankata thing, you know, yeah, he's had a couple of months that have been, uh, less than stellar. That's for sure. I mean, you know, I looked at it, <laughs> in length today just because everybody was talking about it today um, due to uh, Xavier's uh, tweet earlier today about uh, quote-unquote slumping 
White Sox third baseman Yoan Mankata, and uh, just it was a topic of conversation on our uh, White Sox Daily Twitter. Uh, so I looked at it, you know, quite a bit in depth, and you know, he's uh, his June and August uh, so far, he eighty eight WRC plus. So it hasn't been. Um, you know, hasn't been anything to write home about. It's been less than average for those for those uh, for that month and two thirds or whatever it is. But you know, he's uh, I think he was a one eight. He was like one eighteen or one sixteen WRC plus in uh, July, and uh, his May and April were both pretty good. So uh, I think he's sitting right now at like a one twenty four WRC plus for the season, something like that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not – I think the first half of the season he was a 129 WRC+. And if you were to do that in the second Uh, half – That's 29 points better than average. Sure is. League average average is 100. And uh, if you're 29 points better than league average, uh, I would say you're not doing too bad. Yeah, I'm not – you know, like – Freedom! I mean, yeah. (laughs) Do I want him to, you know – hit more home runs and uh of course you know go off of course i do but the thing is is that i'm not going to be angry if you know all, all we get is a, a 129 wrc plus or whatever you know i just not uh yeah so yeah that's uh that's where i stand on that whole thing I, i'm just uh i don't know this uh the the game tonight and uh just the uh the general thing is just kind of one of those things that the, tonight I j- has just worn me out as far as like after watching the last 3 games it's just uh it, yeah that's <laughs> one been of those things that weighs on you you know yeah um so we have about 25 minutes or so you know, give or take, we're not going to, you know, cut it off exactly at 11 if we, uh, if we have some good conversation going, but let's just, just say we got about 25 minutes or so here. I want to switch gears just a little bit. And, uh, we talked about that bullpen uh, a little bit earlier in the show, but, uh, I want to bring up a point again. I had a conversation with some friends of mine over the weekend. Uh, and I want to kind of take, I, I want your take on the idea about, uh, Maybe giving Kimbrel a chance in the closer role and letting Liam set up. Uh, reason that I was given for that is much like many other closers in the game of baseball. Uh, I was told that Kimbrel, and this is by Cubs fans, I was told that uh, Kimbrel is one of those guys who has that closer mentality and needs that closer pressure to perform and produce in the way that he has throughout his career. And mm. uh, we all know that uh, Tony La Russa and Rick Hahn and everybody kind of came out and said that uh, these guys were talked to when uh, when Kimbrell was acquired for the deadline. Uh, and uh, it was made clear that both of them just wanted to be on a winning team and they would accept the roles that they were put in. So... I just kind of wanted your idea and your thoughts on that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Liam Hendricks was the closer. 
And then you picked up Kimbrell, who was a closer on a bad team. Um, and Hendricks has struggled a little bit, um, giving up more home runs than you like. But then you watch Kimbrell tonight, and like that was a pressure situation. And what did he do? Through wild pitch after wild pitch. Technically pass ball, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I do, do I – at this point, it seems like uh, – I mean, I guess does it really matter? I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter that much because, as we've seen, either the White Sox score a ton of runs – for the most part, I mean, it's like there haven't been, like, uh, realistically in the last two months, there haven't been very many safe situations in general. You know, there's been a handful, but it's like either they're scoring 11 runs and winning 11-4 to four, or 11-5, to five, no save situation, or they score 0-3 to three runs and they lose 5-3, to three, no save situation. You know, so, I mean... I, does it does it matter? I mean, it's a both are you know pressure situations and uh, you know like a, a save situation in the uh, the eighth inning. Same thing, you know. So I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I don't mind the idea of giving it an opportunity. Uh, you know, you said that, you know, Kirk Kimbrell, it was the closer for a bad baseball team, which is true, but he was also, he's, he's been one of the best closers in baseball for a long time. He had some struggles last season. Uh, he's another one of these guys where velocity is down a little bit, but it seems to have found other ways to pitch around that and yada, yada, yada. We can go through that whole conversation as much as we want, but, uh, I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, giving it a try. But my only fear is that we have we have Liam Hendricks, who is already one of the most intense uh, baseball players, not just pitchers, but an intense personality. Uh, and... I worry that if you take him out of that situation now, it was also, and I brought this up during this conversation when it came up this weekend, uh, you know, he seems to covet that role. And I was told, well, yeah, you know, but he's been outside of that role as a setup man or even lower in the bullpen rotation. If you want to call it uh, more recently, than Craig Crimble, Craig Kimble, <laughs> Craig Crimble, Crimble. Yeah, uh, so up too. <laughs> uh, I don't think you should, but yeah, go ahead, go for it. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah, it is kind of funny, but uh, you know, I, I guess my thought is, is you know, I'm I would be willing to give it a shot here and there, uh, just like Truth Slayer says, you know, uh, maybe the plan should have been to allow both of these guys to kind of have those opportunities. You know, they almost seem like they could be interchangeable in those roles a little bit. Uh, 
So, you know, your point is, is what does it matter? And if it doesn't matter, then why not try it? I guess, you know, maybe we can flip flop back and forth. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know what they say, but at the same time, do I know what the, each one's thinking? Obviously not. So, you know, I mean, could be that uh, Kimbrell's not happy. You know, I mean, that it, you know, with his role. But then again, you know, the other night, you know, TLR pulls Kimbrell and then says he regrets it, and then they have a conversation. I mean, you know, it's like they and you invited, know the thing about they invited that. the trouble. You know, they got they got they paid Hendricks eighteen million dollars or whatever it is that he's making, and I, you know, and then they traded for Crimble. Crimble. You know? So, I mean, they invited this controversy on themselves by just by trading for him, and you know. The guy had a, you know, like what, a .55 whip or something? Or a .55 ERA and like something ridiculous Yeah, yeah. Well. ridiculous numbers. Ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, like I said, if, if it doesn't really matter either way. I, I, I guess I could, I, I could, I would give it a shot. But, you know, if you've got two big closer personalities and only one closer role, you know, how do you navigate that? I don't really know. But the, you brought up when, he, you know, TLR pulled Kimbrel, uh the other night, which, you know, I think just about everybody in the world disagreed with. Because, and let's be honest, you know, his command wasn't the greatest when he first came into the game. But that's kind of typical for him. He's had those moments throughout his career. But when he finds it, he gets to the point where he's pretty much lights out. And that kind of happened. And he got the early hook. And again, I hate to uh, continue to bash TLR. But uh, we talked about this before where TLR makes a mistake and then he takes responsibility but it's after the fact. Yeah. Like you know, like I said last time, I don't care who made the mistake. Let's just not make it again. That's that's where I'm at with this whole thing is that you know, I am with the Japanese Japanese way of doing business, which is to not point fingers, it's to fix the problem. And that's what I want. I want to fix problems. I don't care about him taking blame. I just want him not to make those mistakes. And it's like one of those, you know, like we've talked about this before, but you know, um, I, you know, like I don't want to beat up on TLR. I want TLR to be a great manager. And as Kendall pointed out earlier, after seeing what Hinch has done with the Tigers, who are a tire fire, but yet are still right behind the Indians, you know. And have played since I, I think uh, we talked about this, uh, I don't know, a week or two ago. Or it's like since May 8th, the Tigers are, I think they're like tied with the White Sox 
or something like that, somewhere right around where the White Sox are since May 8th. It just so happens that in April that the, you know, the White Sox in April With and next May were really nothing. good. Yeah. Next to nothing on their roster. Yep. So, I mean, yeah. you know, let's just uh, let's just fix the problem, you know. Um, I don't know if you did. Yeah, you, did you see that wonderful stop. picture? Did you did you see the wonderful picture? I know that you're using your phone, but did you see the wonderful picture that I put up? I did not because I have my phone set in chat only oh, mode man. here. Oh man, here let me. Well, uh, let it me seems to be the only way to keep the chat rolling. Unfortunately, yeah. Let me go ahead. I, I just pulled it up for you. If you wanna, if you wanna take a look at this, this is uh, this is quality stuff. See uh, the old uh, Crimble jersey. It's right, uh, let me, uh, pretty pretty glorious. Oh yeah, that's uh that's uh quite the sight. That's a great jersey there. Well, let me tell you, it's good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So I like you know uh, Rimble. uh Chusayer asks, so would the Sox have been better off with another solid mid to late inning reliever? And uh, I mean, I can't say yes and I can't say no. Because, uh, you know, as we saw in the, you know, with the, when he was with the, uh, Northside team, uh, he was, he was solid this year. Uh, but the, the whole thing is, is that, uh, is the mentality or, you know, are we looking at, uh, complicating our, our clubhouse by inviting that? I, who knows, you know, I mean, I'd like to think not and that they're both professionals and they've publicly put on that face. Um, but you know, for, for all I know, you know, uh, when, uh, old Crimble is driving home in his, uh, his Maserati or whatever he's got, or his F-150, I don't know what kind of, what kind of car guy he is, but, uh, you know, he's driving home in his car. Is he, uh, hitting his steering wheel when Liam Hendricks has given up a home run and said, I could have done that better. You know, like, I don't know, you know, who knows? I, or I, Miata, I, huh? I mean, who knows? You know, it's a he might be driving a Miata. Maybe he drives a Fiero. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe he drives a uh, a Toyota Mister Two. I don't know. Oh, you know? old rotary engine there, huh? <laughs> well, I, it's uh the Mazda, the RX Seven, the MR Two. MR Two did. I don't. I don't know if it had a rotary or not. Did it? I don't know. Who knows? I believe. I maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, who knows? Um, oh, wow. I just saw this reply to that tweet of the year. <laughs> I had a jersey. <laughs> he also loves Cub star Chris Byron. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is fantastic. Um, yeah, anyway. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, that, that, that whole thing, you know, I, I'm no matter what happens between uh, Crimble and Hendricks for the rest of the year. This is not going to be one of those deals that I look back on and say, what was Han thinking? Because no, that, you can't. that trade, uh, I'm never going to be mad that they tried to make that trade because that on paper and from sound bites from both guys sounds like it should be a great idea. So, you know, I'm not going to say that uh, ever that it's that it was a 
a bad idea. Now the results might end up being bad, and you know, at uh, you know the end of the year we might go, well, that sucks. <laughs> but you know, I'm never going to say that that was a that it was a bad idea to make that acquisition, and um, you know, it could be that uh, we end up uh, missing, you know, the the things that we traded away, you know, with the results that we end up getting. But, well, uh, I, you know, I saw the, I, somebody told me to, you know, on social media just earlier today, as a matter of fact, that, uh, and, uh, old Nick Mandrigal is a future Hall of Famer. Guy hasn't played a, a full season yet, you know, a uh, couple of surgeries in his first two seasons in the, in the pros. And, uh, I don't know. Somebody told me that he's a future Hall of Famer. Entirely possible. So, he's he's going to get three thousand hits, and he's going to hit uh, at least ten home runs in a season. I, you know, I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about the kid. I got nothing bad no. to say about him because uh, I haven't seen enough of him. I could say that he made some pretty boneheaded uh, running errors. Uh, I can say that uh, maybe some of those running snafus on the bases have cost him some games. You know, via a shoulder injury last year, uh, but uh, I don't want to say that uh, he's going to be a bad player or a good player because I haven't seen enough of him. You know, um, to call him a future Hall of Famer at this point is yeah absolutely ridiculous, premature, and absurd. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, yes, yeah. So uh, I don't know. That's yeah. I, that's where I stand on that whole thing. Uh, I'm not mad. Uh, I don't have an issue with them leaving Liam in the closer role. Um, I think that uh, as long as they give him pitching opportunities, that he'll probably be fine. Um, and as we talked about right from the beginning, is that there were some metrics that said that maybe Liam Hendricks would give up some more home runs this year. And by Jove, he has. Um, you Lo know, it is what it is. Old. You know? So, uh, uh, good, uh, yesterday, Reynaldo had the start. How did you feel about the start? Uh, what do you think? Uh, do you think that he was good, bad, or are you indifferent about, about his start? Oh. So, you know, Reynaldo, first off, is taking Carlos Rodon starts while Carlos Rodon uh, gets his uh, shoulder right, right? Um, and, uh, you know, the uh, the apparent uh, prognosis on Carlos Rodon is that he's not going to miss a whole lot of time. Uh, and up until yesterday... Raylo has been absolutely fantastic. Yesterday, on the other hand, um, if you look at the score, didn't look great. You know, considering what he's done, you know, in the prior games since he's been called back up. But I will say that uh, a lot of the balls that made their way through yesterday were not some of the hardest hit balls. Uh, they kind of just fell 
in the right places. They kind of hit the right holes. Uh, he didn't get a lot of hard contact. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, we saw the uh, the nice sliding catch by uh, Brian Goodwin. I want to say it was probably in the sixth or seventh. About, I think it was the sixth inning. And I want to say that was probably the hardest hit ball that Reynaldo had given up the entire game up until that point. So uh, I don't think it was a bad start at all. I just think that uh, he had some hits fall that uh, it just, you know, it was just one of those days where it didn't go his way. Uh, what do you think? We did not talk about this beforehand. We did not. Um, that's pretty much exactly how I feel about it. Um, I actually thought that he pitched really well. Um, no, no solid, like no real solid contact for the most part. Uh, there was one or two like line drives that were caught, um, that were right to somebody. Um, but it seems to me that, uh, most of the hits that ended up doing damage were, um, as Hawk would call them, uh, Kansas City Specials. Um, and the seeing eye grounders. Yeah, exactly. Seeing eye grounders. Uh, yeah, it, I thought that he actually pitched pretty well. And uh, I got to say, I'm pretty happy with uh, with Ronaldo uh, and w- what what has become of Ronaldo after the um, – eye surgery and uh his time in the in the minors and uh i i'm okay with him i i'm perfectly fine with him being up and uh you know if if it takes carlos another like a week or two you know to get to get back to being completely rested and fine for the playoff push cool i you know like i think ronaldo you can weather it that's that's the luxury that reynaldo lopez has been uh, at this point, is that you don't have to rush Carlos, who, you know, up until this point of the season, before he, you know, went down, uh, was your best starter. You know, he had been the most solid guy in your, in, a, in what has been a pretty awesome starting rotation. And, uh, you know, Reynaldo coming up and doing what he's been doing has been uh, nothing less than outstanding. So, yeah, I'm good with him. Uh, I'm good with not rushing Carlos. I'm good with having Carlos healthy and ready to go for the playoffs. And, you know, we can keep talking. We keep talking about the playoffs as if they're right here. And, you know, it's still, you know, we're a month away or so. But, uh, you know, a month's going to go by pretty quickly here. And, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, they got to figure out something. You know, they got to. There's definitely work to do. Yeah, as as it was mentioned earlier in the chat that uh, they need to wake up and. I mean, they need to. I mean, they're not gonna, not gonna survive long if, uh, if that ends up being what, uh, what they look like in the playoffs. I'm fairly certain that if they look like that, that it's gonna, it's gonna end badly and it's gonna end quickly. So, um, uh, so we have a, a unanimous in the chat that Nick Madrigal was overdrafted. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, that's one of those things. I mean, I, I, you know, if he's hitting 340 and uh, year in and year out and he manages to stay healthy, 
um, that's debatable. But the you know, as of right now, the the thing has been is he hasn't been. He hasn't he's gotten he shoulder surgery and hamstring surgery in two successive years, you know? So and both of them like he didn't even make it halfway into the season in either year, I don't think. No, he didn't. Because no. last year he was no. out for uh what, thirty games or something like that. Uh yeah, no, yeah. He doesn't even make it halfway in. Um Oh yeah, well he had wrist surgery, but that was uh that was uh that was college, wasn't it? When he had the wrist surgery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he was with the uh the B the Beavers. Um David Eckstein. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the thing is, is that David Eckstein was uh you know, he was kind of a flash in the pan. Like he was only good for a few years. Like I, I think it is, you know, if, if Magical can stay healthy, I could see him doing it for quite a few years because his bat to ball skill is is phenomenal. Tony so, Larusa just got a just got a chub. He's like a dog with a you know a whistle somewhere. And somebody just said David Eckstein in the chat, so yeah, his, his ears pinged. And <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, back to Adolfo. Uh, well, you know, Adolfo's been pretty decent. You know, his uh, his average has creeped up a little bit. He's uh, striking out a little less, and the guy still has elite power. And uh, he's been showing off some speed as well in uh, in Charlotte. Um, just like to see him uh, get on base a little bit more. It's been a little bit too much uh, swing and miss. But uh, I don't know. That's a see. This is one of those things that eventually uh, we're gonna have to uh, that we're gonna have to have a serious uh powwow about before we do a show and we're gonna have to take a look at this 40-man roster and who is rule five eligible and um we're gonna have to go through this and try and figure this whole thing out and completely be wrong about every single bit of it because uh because we don't work for the white Sox, but still something that i want to look at and see uh you know who, who do you protect? Yeah, who who's you, on the outs? Leave available. Yeah. Um, just saw uh, with uh, Future Sox is not putting Blake Rutherford in their top thirty for the uh, the White Sox top thirty prospects, which you know I can't disagree with. I mean, he hasn't been terrible, you know, but he hasn't uh, he hasn't pushed himself to a point where it looks like he is a viable option to be promoted to the majors. Like right now he looks like a guy that's going to come up and give you like a two fifteen, you know, two sixty, uh, 300, you know, and you're going to be looking at like a 600 OPS or something like that. You know, like that to me, like right now, that's what he looks like. I want him to be better. And we all want him to be better. I'll you know, send him. We, I'll send him a tweet later that says that he needs to be better. However, uh, he has not gotten to that point yet, and it's unfortunate, you know. And he he's put some good swings on baseballs down there, and things have the power looks like it's a little bit better. But we know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, uh, shame on you. Something like that. Um, so I'm not going to uh like 
I'm not going to say that uh, Blake Rutherford's dead, um, but he needed to uh, really put forth. Now, let's be honest. Uh, he's not numbers. even he's not even Daniel B. Polka at this particular moment. No, certainly. And uh, true say true says uh, quad A player question mark. Uh, we all know Daniel B. Polka was a quad A player. And Blake Ru- yeah. Blake Ruth is not even that right now. So, you know, uh, as much as we've been hearing about this kid for as many years as we've been hearing about this kid, he's just not getting it done. Uh, yeah. You know, I, like, see, the, the definition of a quad A player is somebody who's too good to be a triple A, but not good enough to be in the majors. And the problem is, is that right now, he's looking like he's just good enough to be a triple A player because he's right. playing at Charlotte, which is a band box where guys go and they hit out of their minds. I mean, you see it with Romy Gonzalez, two games. He's already got two home runs and he's got three doubles, eight RBIs and uh, 2,333 OPS. In two games, like he just came up and just kept on murdering the baseball. Now you see Blake Blake Ruth, who's been there the entire year this year, and you don't see like you don't see like two ga- a two game stretch by Blake Rutherford like that this season anywhere in the season, right? Yeah, you can't pick and, two games out anywhere in that season and say that exactly. he did that. Yeah, and this this kid just comes up from double A and is just beating the piss out of the ball, you know, like right off the bat. And Blake Rutherford, he's had some uh, he's had some like that, but I, like it to me, it seems like ninety percent of his home runs that I can remember from this season are wall scrapers, like barely, like in the first or second row of, you know of the outfield there and like with uh that home run porch that they have there and him being left-handed like he should be routinely hitting it out there with how the baseball flies at that place and it's just it's just not happened and i i don't know like what the deal is you know like he goes and works out with christian yelich and other you know big time guys that are are a thing you know and uh, it just it hasn't happened, and I would like for it to, but it just it just has not happened yet. What's up, Grimtall? How you doing? Yeah, it's uh, you know like we're uh, you know we're we're uh, coming up to that eleven o'clock hour. Uh, just inched over it, and we're still going. It's good to see you. Uh, yeah, I mean, good evening, sir. Yeah, you what know you- Rutherford. He's uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, a not you know slight per se but he's not a he's not a big dude and that that might help um it might be one of those things and uh he might need to uh bulk up a little bit to get some uh some more power in that swing i don't really have an answer for that um but i mean it's possible but i think that that's one thing that we definitely want to do um as far as like uh going on that uh that 25 26 man and uh 40 man roster and taking a look and seeing what's going on um as you know we saw that uh Luis Gonzalez got moved off he got claimed by the Giants we took uh Zach Birdie off this week he got picked up by the Orioles 
And uh, the good thing for him was is that he had to walk across the hallway in Charlotte because he just had to go to the uh, Norfolk Tides um, locker room. And they happened to be playing in Charlotte this week. So he didn't have to get on a plane. He didn't have to do anything. He just had to show up at the ballpark and walk across the uh, walk across the hallway. So that was good. Um, and then uh, yesterday, um, Zach comes in to pitch against the Knights, and Mikey Matuk uh, launches one to center field off of him. I, I think it was center field. Anyway, he, had, he wasn't a cheapie. Um, I'm pretty sure it was to uh, – right center field if I remember correctly but uh I don't know uh you know it, it, and the they said on the uh on the game play by play they're like yeah this is pretty much just describes exactly how uh how Zach Birdie's season's been is that you uh you get a a nice strikeout and then you come up against the next batter and then give up a give up a home run and that's literally what's happened to Zach Birdie like almost every appearance this season is that he gets us a good strikeout and then the next guy that sees him launches one to the moon and then he ends up you know uh, getting a guy to ground out and then he strikes out the next guy and he's out of the inning but he's still giving up a run you know and that's been uh, that's been him all year so um, I mean I guess uh he throws that? that meatball. He yeah. throws that meatball. He, 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 you know, and uh, I mean, you could, you can throw ninety eight, ninety nine, a hundred. We've said it a thousand times. If I've said it once, and uh, you know, it, it just doesn't move. There's no movement. Uh, we all had high hopes for him. It had been talked about for many years. That uh, you know, right out the gate. This is a possible future closer for the Chicago White Sox, and it just it has not come to fruition. Uh, Kendall says that's a, a quad A player. I don't even buy that just because, uh, you know, like you said, he's barely he's a, a, a triple A. He's yeah, barely he's a triple A player right now. He's, and, uh, I mean, he's even giving up that, some, he's like, giving up some big bombs at triple A. Yeah, he's giving up monster shots. He's not even a great triple A player. He might be a double you know? A and a half pitcher. Right, you know. Oh, Mikey Matuk. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Oh yeah, yeah, Mikey Matuk. Well, I, you know what, I will say that Mikey Matuk actually, he looks like he might possibly have been a like a he might be a a Daniel Palka guy who is quite a player, but might be able to put up you know like a 27 home run you know, 250 average for a season or something. They love those Possibly. guys in Japan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's probably where he's going to, I mean, realistically, yeah. I mean, you know, he doesn't have you a place. You go to Japan and hit 220 and, and make a fortune if you could hit the ball out of the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's where uh, Mikey Matuk ends up. And it's like uh, kind of one, one of those things when we signed him at the beginning of the year, I was like, Mikey Matuk? He was terrible with the Tigers. Why the hell we signed him? You know? And, uh, you know, he's, uh, I think he's, I think that home run off of Birdie was his 21st home run of the season. You know? I mean, he doesn't have 20 stolen bases, so he's not a 2020 guy. But, I mean, you know, like that's pretty decent, you know? 
Yeah, Japan, pretty much quad A. Uh, I'd there say you Korea's, go. Korea is probably triple A. So he, you yeah. know, if he went, if he goes to Korea, yeah, he'll probably get endorsed by Samsung and uh, hit a lot of home runs. Yeah. Wouldn't be mad about that for him. No. You know, it seems like it's a, you know, it's a blast to go to games there. Where at Charlotte or Japan? Probably Japan. I, you know, I spent four days in Tokyo. And uh, one day I almost went to the Tokyo Dome to go watch, and uh, I didn't, and I regret it because I'm probably never going to make it back to Japan again, and uh, I should have gone. Oh, well. What are you going to do? can't say that I've ever had the uh, the pleasure of stepping uh, foot into that country, but if I do, I will probably make it a point to attend a baseball game. Yeah, that was a if- – it's a bad decision on my point. I ended up going uh looking around at stores and stuff in Tokyo instead. Which was cool, but you know. What is this uh what am I saying? Polka was once the star of a people of Walmart viral video. How did was, I miss this? Uh, was he the star or was he just standing in the background? I c- I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to, yeah, I, I did, uh, Tokyo and Osaka and, uh, had no free time in Osaka. So that was, uh, I did, however, I think I did, uh, do concert at where, uh, in Osaka where they play. And I definitely did a baseball field in Tokyo, but I can't remember which one I'd have to look back okay. and see. But uh, yeah. yeah, unfortunate. All my years in the Navy, I uh, never got a chance to uh, make it that way. So really, yeah. Did you you, you yeah. stay? Uh, did you stay in like uh, the U.S. or do you? Uh... No, no. I was all over the world, but uh, okay. I was more of an East Coast. I was an East Coast sailor, so uh, more Mediterranean. Oh, uh, Persian either, Gulf. Uh, you know, South America, a little bit, uh, hmm. Caribbean. You know that area. I just never made it to the uh, Far East. Unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I uh, never made it to most of those places. I didn't go to, uh, I mean, I went to Caribbean once, but uh, no South America for me. I did Central America a little bit uh, and uh, no no Mediterranean, no Africa, no uh, no Middle East. Asia. Not much to see in the Middle East, uh, you know, at least any of the places that I was at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, not much really to talk about there. Dubai was kind of just starting to become what Dubai is now when I was there in the uh, mid-90s. So, uh, yeah, not really a whole lot else going on there. But uh, I got to tell you, the Mediterranean is uh, pretty fantastic. And I yeah. am looking to do that again sometime in my lifetime. Yeah, it looks like it. That's for sure. I did. Uh, I got to do Australia, and Australia was was very nice. That I enjoyed. But uh, yeah, no, no Mediterranean, no China, no nothing like that. I got Japan and China. Australia. Yeah, I would have liked very much to do uh, New Zealand and uh, and Italy. Never made it there either. For whatever reason, not quite sure how I never made it to Italy, but you know, hey, it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, 
Um, yeah, we're gonna have to have one of those uh, one of those streams eventually where we try and clear our heads of nonsense and talk about stuff that's fun. And uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I you know to be to honest, probably with wait the... for the off season for that at this point because uh, <laughs> we're not gonna be able to. I mean, like you know, there's just too much going on in uh, playoff baseball at some point. Right. You know. You yeah. Let's anyway. uh, let's try to make a point of uh, like you said. Let's let's figure out this. Uh, this rule five thing, uh, I'll, I will make it a point if if you and I can't even get together sometime in the next few days, which we'll conversate here and there in some of our the multiple chats that we belong to. Um, but uh, I I'm with you. Let's make it a point that uh, by next Monday we have a, a at least a general list of guys we think should be protected, as opposed to guys that we can probably feel okay about. You know, yeah. maybe. Given the the uh, the nod to yeah, I'm gonna have the, to the, the make some sort of a Google Google uh, some sort of Google spreadsheet that we can uh, both look at at the same time. Make it easy, and uh, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll put that out to our our viewers and our listeners as well. If you guys got uh, you guys got opinions on uh, who you think should be on the forty man come the off season, who should be protected, who should let go. By all means, jump in next Monday. Let us know. Give us your thoughts, and uh, we'll be looking <laughs> forward to that. Oh, oh, well, he, it's it's been rough, man. Uh, you know what the thing is, though, is that the the great thing, the one, uh, actually, the okay, so the potential is there with Alec Hansen, but the second awesome thing about Alec Hansen is that you don't have to worry about anybody taking him. You can leave him unprotected because <laughs> nobody is taking Alec Hansen. Nobody. Well, you know, I, we thought that about Zach Birdie, too, and the Orioles swept in like the day after or two days after. I, you know, I kind of figured somebody would grab Zach Birdie. I mean. Well, he's that guy that, you know, you hope somebody out there is going to We can fix him. We can he's fix been him. close. Exactly. Alec Hansen, he had one year a long time ago. And since then has looked absolutely lost. So I don't think that anybody is going to. Uh, I don't think anybody's trying to take him. You know, I think that uh, you can safely leave him off the forty man, and he's going nowhere. And I, to be <laughs> to be honest, at this point, I will be surprised if he's even with the organization next year because he's been that bad, and I yeah. that 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 hurts my soul to say. <laughs> Cause I I when he was having his great year, I did whatever I could. Any time he pitched that I could watch, I watched. And watching him pitch that year was awesome. Unfortunately, um, since then has been uh, kicking the crutch every time he every time he pitches. It's just yeah, it's, well, it's very just... painful and uh, and been very sad. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, Hanson would have to go to the twenty-six. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. He'd have to. You have to. You have to put him on the forty man. You have to. Uh, if if you want to protect him from the rule five draft, and that is, <coughs> there's no way that's happening. There's far too much talent in this organization to 
to be tossing uh, Alec Hansen on a 40-man for anything. There's just there's no way. Um, I'm going to have to go through and dig and figure out exactly who is available and who's not before uh, before we go and make this, uh, this list. But uh, I'll do that, and then we'll take a look at it. I'm sure that there's probably uh, some uh, good resources out there that I can find some uh, good stuff. And I'll have to do yeah, some well, the one uh, thing arithmetic is, for everybody else. The one thing for sure is, is that there is some talent that needs to be protected. And, uh, you know, making those moves are, again, one of those moments that I don't envy Rick Hahn and his, uh, his team over there. Because, uh, nope. you know, when you, get, when you get better, as the White Sox have over the last four or five years, uh, when your farm system kind of comes together and you've got some pieces that look like they might be somebody, the one thing that's going to happen is you can't keep them all. Uh, yeah, unfortunate as that is. So. Yep. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you only have so many pokeballs to go around, and you can uh, you can try and catch them all, but uh, eventually you got to let some of them Pokemon go. You know. So, yep. Um. Completely forgot. Uh, thanks for the follow there, uh, Haas00312. Appreciate that. Right on. Welcome. Um, yeah, I uh, blew that one. I should have uh, should have mentioned it earlier. I don't know why I did. But uh, let's see here. Uh, anything else in chat going on? Got hurt and has been a mess since. Well, yeah, the you know forearm thing. But I mean, like before the forearm thing, he actually lo- he actually gained some weight. I actually lost weight, but gained weight. Lost a uh, Got more muscular, and uh, that seems to be where the uh, where the whole thing kind of went. You know, it's like when he uh, when he got uh, stronger, it kind of screwed up his mechanics, and ever since then, hasn't been able to find it. So, uh, Marshall gone. Do we lose Mar? Do we lose Evan Marshall? Somebody else grab Evan Marshall. I must have missed that one. I didn't see that one. I didn't either. I'm going to have to go look through the transactions and see what happened. Oh, he's on rehab. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I think we call it there. It's 1120. You got work in the morning. I got work in the morning. Um, That's a four-letter word. (laughs) Oh, lose him next year. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. So, uh I don't know, until next Monday. Um, hopefully we have uh <clears throat> we can keep those positive vibes going that we had so much of this uh this stream here and keep those positive vibes going. Keep them going. Yeah, hopefully we can oh, uh butterflies and rainbows. Yeah, I'm hoping. It would be nice to uh talk about a winning streak. Um kind of forgot what those uh really feel like yeah i haven't had one in a while yeah so i'm hoping that uh that we get uh something nice to talk about and not talking about uh one of you know winning one of three in a series again yeah hopefully we'll see timmy uh maybe i mean it sounds like he might not play again tomorrow hopefully we see him by wednesday if that's the case Maybe we get a little offense going, uh, we get a streak going, and, yeah, we'll have something much more pleasant to talk about next week. We'll, well get on that fo- Yeah, we'll get on that 40-man roster, and uh, we'll talk about all the dingers and uh, all the runs being scored and all the 
What all the no hitters our pitcher is going to throw this week? Something like that. Um, I'm hoping, uh, you know, judging by all these uh, times that we've been uh, two hits and three hits, that uh, we're not the one getting no hit at some point. Um, but yeah, um, at Daily White Sox on the Twitter mobile, um, dailywhitesox.com or whitesoxdaily.com. Uh, Daily White Sox on Twitter, and uh, yeah, this will be on podcast form. Um, thanks for uh, everybody that uh, took the time to listen and hang out in the chat and talk. And um, you guys all rock! Fun. Yeah, you guys are wonderful people, and uh, we thank you for uh, coming to hang out and uh, be here same uh, same time next week, nine o'clock Monday night. And um, just hope that we have something more positive to talk about. Um, For myself, Ian Eskridge, and my co-host, Danny Miller, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.